Welcome to Haunted Hospitality, seven stories told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe, and I have a story for you today. All right. But first, Robin, how's life? But first, Robin, uh, how's life? <laughs> I'm doing good. I took um, a Myers-Briggs test, you know, mm-hmm. the whole four letters thing. And then I read everything about myself, thought, how do you know all this? And anywho, it's cool. I'm an INFJ. Okay. And so I when I, when I took mm-hmm. it in high school, I was an INTJ. I can see see that i can see that okay okay but continue sorry i just want to let I, you know you know okay actually no yeah i can see that actually i think like I, I went through like a catalog of people in my brain and like tried to like figure out which ones they were and i don't know what i ended on with you but i do remember th- starting the thought process of you okay but i can totally see intj i'm infj and Anywho, by the way, I'm a steady INFJ. Like, okay. I tested in high school, I tested in grad school, and I tested now, and I've been INFJ each time. And can I totally forgot everything that it has to do with it, except for the fact that E and F, or E and I are introvert and extrovert. Can you... Yeah, do you, yeah. Do you know? I do. Okay. I do. So, um, I can't exactly tell... I'm... Okay, disclaimer... I might be wrong in telling you what the words mean. Okay. I think in general, I kind of get an idea, but I might not be right. And if you know, I mean, I'm sure Google knows, but like you can let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, introvert versus extrovert. We're both introverts, which is funny. Yeah. We have a podcast. Um, then you have intuitive versus sensing. And I kind of, I think that this means, based off the questions they gave me, I kind of thought, okay intuitive means like you are i think it kind of means like maybe you're more inward focused in a different way it's not introvert it's more like you are it it was asking basically in the test and i took this on 16personalities.com it was asking like if i was um if i often thought about like big questions in life and i kind of think that was like wondering like how much are you spending time like thinking about things in your head building decisions off of that versus observing the world around you and building decisions off of that. And apparently, like, I, like, scored, like, 79% intuitive versus 21% sensing. So, guys, I am in my head all the time. And you know what? That checks out. Uh, <laughs> then, thinking versus feeling. T versus J- uh, F. So, that's pretty much that. How I think that is, again, how you're basing your decisions off of. So, like, do you decide more things based off of law? Do you follow your head or your heart? Gotcha. And then the... Uh, J versus P. Um, it's judging versus, and most of the time I've seen this, it's been perceiving, but on the 16 personalities, it was called prospecting. Uh, it does not mean that I'm judging you or that you're <laughs> judging me, though we could both be, but it means uh, basically, are you a planner? Like, do you like embark on a thing and then say, like, okay, I'm going to chart my course for this? Or are you a person who is like, I'm embarking on something and I'm going to see what comes up and base my decisions off of what comes up? Gotcha. And so, yeah, I'm an INFJ and you're an INTJ and high five. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) If you are watching this. You saw us high five. Yes. You saw us very nerdily high five. Over Discord. Yep. All right. Zoe, how are you? Well, I'm good. Robin, I already texted you this, but I am so in love um i got a new phone oh okay (laughs) and look at it yeah can you explain this to me okay yeah so it's like a normal phone right Mm -hmm. it's a normal touch screen 
But it folds. So for the people who aren't watching, it's the um, new Galaxy Z Flip 3. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, Robin. Like, the fact that it folds, and now it fits in my pocket, and earlier, before I got nacho dip all over it, I was wearing a shirt with, like, a breast pocket, and I was able to just, like, put it in there, and I have this little, like, clip that I can just hold it on my finger with, and I... I I so like that phone. What does it do to the screen when you close it? So, it does bend. I don't know if you can, like, see that. Like, the screen bends. But it's a special material of on the glass on the screen that it can handle the bending. Mm-hmm. If you got the Z Flip, like the original Z Flip, after a year, it would like crease and almost stop working in the center. But okay. as the iterations have gone on, they've gotten a lot better. And I've seen a lot of tech people be... So Kari is a tech, tech person. And so, of course... I end up watching a bunch of tech videos and so I was watching a bunch of tech people go back and forth in between and mm-hmm. I was like hey the naysayers have really good points the um, positive people they have really good points too I don't give a crap about either of them I just want a phone where if I want to hang up on you I can just flip it shut because the satisfaction of that yes and I never had a flip phone growing up Mm -hmm. so well I I mean I did but it wasn't it wasn't an actual phone yeah no so I always had slide phones Uh my very very first phone which was a poor excuse for a phone um, that one technically did flip, but I never used it to do anything except text my mom that I got home and it stayed at home. So, like, this is my first real flip phone. And I'm Can so I happy. just tell you a bit of my thought process when you texted me that you got a flip phone? Uh huh. I was thinking, oh, cool, she's going off the grid. And then I thought, that does not track for Zoe. No. <laughs> No. And then I thought she must have gotten one of those touchscreen ones. Yes, I did. And my f- okay. favorite thing is, Robin, if you um, yeah. see this tiny little screen on the front, I, do. I can double yes. tap it and I can see my fiance. Oh, you can't really see it on camera. But that my- that is my fiance's beautiful face in the middle of a sentence. And I love it. It's a little mini camera. It's just great. I love it so much. And like, <laughs> you can put it up like this. And this will have your YouTube video. So I can just put it down to watch my YouTube video. And you can put it down like this and take a self, like walk away and take a selfie. And there'll be a little preview on the front screen. For people listening, which is most people, she is bending her phone over at like 90 degrees and talking about what it can do at 90 degrees. Yeah. um, If if you don't know, just go look up a YouTube video of a Z Flip 3. But I'm, I'm in love. I'm happy for you. You thank you. Thank you. Though I do um before we can get to your something something, Robin. Yeah. We do have two announcements. We do? Yes. The first one is that we have a new patron. Yay! Yes. And Amanda L, she sent us a very sweet message on Patreon. 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 Yeah. And thank you so much, Amanda, for becoming you, Amanda. a patron. And you did it at a great time because tomorrow, Friday the 13th, 
What? We have our first extra sode coming out. Well, oh, yeah. tomorrow at the point of recording this, I guess this is last Friday at the point of you guys hearing <laughs> this, but um, that is the extra sode of Lizzie Borden and Robin mm. listening back to it as I was editing, I was chuckling. So um, <laughs> that's the one where we vehemently disagree with each other. Yes. Yes. And do we go to blows? No, 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 no. Okay. But it, it was kind of funny because the information that I knew in my head when we were recording, because that was in December, um, uh-huh. that I don't really remember anymore now. And okay. so as I was listening to the episode and you were telling your facts, I was like, oh, no, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was Lizzie Borden. And then I heard the facts that I said. I was like, oh, no, no, it was the uncle. <laughs> Yeah, so if you want to hear us go to town over my view that Lizzie Borden committed the murders and Zoe's view that no, Lizzie didn't do it, her uncle did, uh-huh. uh, check out our Patreon yes. at patreon.com slash hauntedhospitality. We hope to see you there. Okay, bye. That's the end of the episode. Hey, spooky. <laughs> but yes, so the second announcement was just that tomorrow's Friday the 13th. Oh, well, that's a very important announcement. Um, I'm doing traveling tomorrow. Well, originally... I'm die. Originally, Friday the 13th was the day of, um, let's just say, fertility. Oh. Yes. Okay. So I think I think really? you'll be fine. Yeah. Cause, I didn't know that. So Frida was the goddess of fertility and motherhood and all of that in the Norse mythology. And uh-huh. so Friday was named after Frida. And then 13th was a womanly number. So Frida day and it's a 13th day it was a day of fornication and liveliness well thank you for telling us i feel like you could have saved that for something spooky and now yeah. you can't use it anymore well it's okay it's fine okay do you want to hear today's something spooky yes prepare for all of the mispronunciations <laughs> just all of them woo, all woo. here you don't have to go anywhere else all the mispronunciations will be in the next five minutes yay all right I got you an urban legend today from Stockholm, Sweden. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have a ghost train situation on our hands. Ghost it train. Is, yeah, it's called the, and this is where the pr- mispronunciations <laughs> start, but it is not where they end. The Silver Pylon. Uh-huh. Uh, which translates to Silver Arrow. So, I'm going to give you the urban legend of it. And then I'm going to give you a bit of an explanation of it. Are okay. you ready, kids? Okay. Aye, aye, Captain. Spongebob Squarepants. <laughs> so here it is. Sometimes when you're in Stockholm, Sweden, you know, on an average Tuesday, you might see a barren silver train come past you. And what do you mean barren? I mean, it is bare bones. How about that? Okay. Bare bones no frills silver train comes past you which is not how the rest of the trains there look and there's a few theories about the silver pylon one of them is that if you board it no one will ever see you again okay all right Mm -hmm. all right another part of it is that if you board it you might vanish for could be weeks could be years and then eventually you will show up again but when, you know, people say, hey, you were you were gone for a long time. Where were you? You won't know. That m- huh. time will be blank in your mind. 
so another option you, sorry mm -hmm. sorry You're would good. you have aged during this time girl i don't know okay sorry Think about it okay i'm gonna say <laughs> i'm gonna say no okay and that is just me putting my own views on this urban legend okay okay for the sake of the storytelling no third option the train will stop after a year and all of the people who boarded it that year come out into Stockholm as zombies. Oh, no. Yes. I, I feel like we would know if that option... I feel like we would have heard if that happened, uh -huh. and I haven't heard that that happened, but then again, I haven't heard that a lot of things have happened, and then I learned that they happened. So, true, true. I'm just saying. And this is the fourth, and this is the worst, and it is my favorite. It is that you board the train... And you never, ever, ever stop riding the train. It's like an infinite time loop situation. You are always riding the train. There is no exit. I can't think of anything worse. I love it. I was about to say, depending on the, like, entertainment I have on board and how the uh, customer <laughs> service is, honestly, I might enjoy that. You have... You have Nothing but the 2017 movie The Favorite on repeat. Well, I've never forever. seen that, so at least the first time it will be entertaining. It's okay. <laughs> uh, there is an adjoining train station, because every train has to have a train station. And here's another mispronunciation. Kimling. Got it. Actually, yeah. I'm going to give you, I'm going to start grounding you into explanations right here. Sometime a while ago, they, in Stockholm, they started building this station train station called Kimling because they thought they would need it for more housing development but they ended up not needing it so when it was half built they abandoned it and so I think at this point the Silver Pyland story was already out there and so now you have a spooky abandoned train station that Perfect. is only halfway there and so obviously it's like and then the Silver Pyland will dock off at Kimling and they even have a saying about it and this is where guys the mispronunciations end the saying is, sorry to the Swedish language, <laughs> Bara de Dora Steiger of E. Kimling. Uh -huh. You clearly get what that means, Zoe. Um, everything ends when you go to Kimling. No, only the dead get off at Kimling. Uh, I was, ghost train. I was ghost close. train. <laughs> <laughs> so the I okay. So so, so so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, in the 1980s, they really did get about eight of these silver trains in there, and they were like the 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 seats didn't have like extra things on them. Nothing about this was like extra or frills added into it, and it was an experiment in Stockholm to see if they could kind of like get away with having cheaper city transportation, and nobody would ride it, so no, they couldn't. And in fact, people were so disturbed by it that. That's what spurred on the ghost train gotcha. urban legend. The fact that the city put in these apparently quite eerie trains that would just go around the city. And think about it. I mean, you are just seeing these trains and nobody likes them. So like even at rush hour, like you're not really getting in the train. And so these just empty vehicles come up and then they leave and everybody's like, okay, we're avoiding those. Yeah. No, If I, I saw everybody avoiding 
a train, I probably would be like, well, what's wrong with like, it? Like, I wouldn't even question. I just wouldn't get on the train, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. obviously, there's something wrong with the train. Man, this is, like, how popularity lists start. <laughs> <laughs> it's because humans have a herd mentality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... But that's what keeps us safe. At it does. least in uh, old if days. If I'm huddling around the fire, and I'm a cave woman, and, like, I see two people eat this deer and throw up i'm not gonna eat the deer i'm not gonna finish it up for them right yeah and then if i see everybody if i come into the situation and i'm another cave woman and i see everybody avoiding the deer i'm not gonna eat the deer either and i don't even know what happened yes because clearly there's something wrong with that deer clearly all right thank you uh that has been my something spooky well thank you robin i appreciated that now to your story story (laughs) Um, so Robin, I briefly discussed this with you and you had a guess as to what you think this episode is. Would you like to yeah. give me your guess? Okay, yes. So last night, uh-huh. you texted me a photo, uh-huh. uh, doctored. Um, it was a spooky old building mm-hmm. and somebody had inserted like the ghost winking emoji uh-huh. <laughs> on like Two of the into the windows as in they're looking out at you and you were like if this wasn't copyright this would be our image for the episode yes and so now that you've said like this is a story i think that you're doing a thing where you are kind of collecting instances where people have seen ghosts in windows and it being really creepy am it, i off you were completely off Okay, what is it? So, this is one of those situations where a train of thought was what brought me to this. So, what I started off with thinking... How very intuitive of you. Thank you. Thank you. So, I'm going to give you the title of today's episode, and then I'll give you my train of thought, and then I'll get into it. So, today's episode is called Haunted Hospitality's Guide to Ghost Hunting. Oh, God. Are we qualified? We are not qualified. Not at all. So, disclaimer number one, we are not qualified. Disclaimer number two. So, basically, how this started is we were watching, we were talking about something. I forget which one, but I was watching Ghost Hunter or Ghost Adventure or one of those shows. Did it have Zach Baggins? I'm not sure which one, but I remember seeing a device and being like, what's that device? How does it work? I don't really understand, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that would be a cool something spooky is to, like, just cover, like, devices and, like, little ghost facts. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that would be a lot of different something spookies that, like, I could literally only do that as my something something for, like, the next year and still not be able to cover everything if I'm talking about just general facts of ghosts. And I was like, you know what? I know a lot about ghosts that I kind of assume other people know. And I'll say things and Kari will be like, yeah, obviously, like jokingly, because I'll be like, well, obviously the ghost can't cross salt. And I I feel like that's general knowledge. Maybe it's because I watch Supernatural. But (laughs) because of that, (laughs) but like that, I'll be, be he was like, well, okay, yeah, obviously ghosts can't cross salt. I'm like, is that not something everybody knows? Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to have this, this, this like encyclopedia of ghost facts. And anytime 
we discussed something and people were like, hey, can you tell me a little bit more on why you think it's obvious that ghosts, like you wouldn't bring a Geiger counter, but you would bring an EMF detector. Can you explain that to me? I'd be like, no, but you can go listen <laughs> to episode 60 of Haunted Hospitality. Okay, cool. So is this episode 60? You could tell me any number and I would believe you. Yes, this is episode 60. Okay, cool. If I've been keeping track right. If not, then we're kind of screwed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you're doing this. I'm kind of mad I didn't think about it. <laughs> I called dibs on the ghost and windows thing. You you can do the ghost and windows thing. Okay. So I mentioned this to you before recording, but you'll see, you see why now I was like, well, maybe this should be a Patreon episode. No, I totally get it, but I like the gumption. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so our, my first uh, subtitle section is what is a ghost? That's a great place to start. Thank you. So a ghost, the definition, is a soul or spirit of a dead person or animal that can appear to be living. They can be something as small as a barely visible wisp, an orb, or a full body apparition. And All that's right. a lot of words to say, well, a ghost can be really anything. But I mean, it's dead. But it's dead. And all right. not and all of them are. Really? So I'll get into it. There is a type of ghost, but it's not really a ghost. Anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'm jumping ahead. So the word ghost could come from multiple languages, which is really interesting because a lot of different cultures found very similar words that I'm not going to try to pronounce that all so this mean... pronunciations end here. <laughs> <laughs> they all mean fairly something similar. It could have been the pre-Germanic word for fury or anger. It could be the scran Sanskrit word for anger or the Avestian word for terrible or ugly. So people didn't like these things. Yes, because originally ghost meant a bad creature and spirit meant a not bad creature. So if you were to, if you and I were to see an apparition, we would be like, that's a ghost, you know? Mm. But back then, they'd be like, oh, that's a spirit. And then if the spirit then tried to murder them, they'd be like, oh, wait, never mind. It's a ghost. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so to us, they're synonyms, but they did once mean other things. And the same thing kind of happened with the following words, which are also used to describe a ghost, which are wraith, bogey, revenant, specter, and phantom. I've heard specter and phantom. I have heard Revenant, but I think that is the name of a horror movie, maybe? I think it's the name of a Leonardo DiCaprio is trapped in nature movie. Oh, I see. Okay. I think. Gotcha. And then a wraith and a bogey, to me, mean something kind of different. Like, bogey, I think of Boogeyman. And yeah. wraith, I think of the Screaming Lady. Yes. Oh, her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Ghosts or spirits exist in many cultures all over the world, if not all of them. Though there is no origin known, people assume, historians assume that it's just, like, if you're going to have people die, you're going to be like, well, what happens after you die? And so you're going to have, you're all going to pretty much find the same or similar thought process of, oh, you go into an afterlife. Well, if you go into an afterlife, there has to be a part of you that moves. Okay, there's a soul, you know. 
It's just yeah. a, it's just a thought process that you have to go on. So some people are often afraid of ghosts. Some people fear them because they are the unknown. Others have had negative experience with ghosts and believe them to be demons or the devil himself. People wonder, how do you become a ghost? While there are a few people who do believe that, well, when you die, you are a ghost. There's everybody's a ghost. Most people believe that you only become a ghost if you die suddenly, violently, by your own hand, or if you have something left undone, aka Mm -hmm. Ghost Whisperer. So something either, like, kind of traumatic or undone so that, like, there is that feeling of being unresolved. Right, yeah. Either, like, you've been violently murdered or some people see it as punishment for dying by suicide, even though I don't really like that train of thought. No. Some people believe that sometimes if your your death is so violent or sudden, you might not even know that you died. Mm -hmm. And so you just kind of stay here. But most modern depictions of ghosts have been altered by media. So how we think of ghosts now is very different of how we thought about ghosts, like, I would say, a hundred years ago. Because we have shows like Supernatural, Ghost Whisperer, we have movies like The Conjuring, and we have things like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. And so now ghosts are seen in a completely different way than they used Mm -hmm. to be seen. So how did they used to be seen? It used to be... Well, back in ye old days, like ancient days, ghosts were the, like, passing of your, like, your ancestors watching over you kind of situation. So. So, Okay. So wait, what did people, I thought you were talking about what people thought they looked like. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I mean, like, how they were perceived, not technically seen. Yeah. Sorry. So now, like, what what are you saying? Are we saying we see them... We see them a little bit more as a horror figure now rather than Mm. a natural phenomena, a guiding light kind of situation. Gotcha. I think I'm definitely, like, in the spot of seeing them, like, via horror. Because, like, there are some people I know who, like... Like, okay, for example, I have a friend. Hey, she listens. (laughs) Who she and, like, others of our friends say that her house is haunted and she just talks about it to me like they all mention in like the most like very calm way like very for example they offhand mentioned oh we have a whistler and i'm like you have a what now (laughs) and like she's just very very calm and like okay with it and like this is just how it is they're not she's like they're not bad nothing bad is happening and meanwhile i'm just like ah yep what no i i i'm somebody who can I'm kind of in between. I can definitely see them in a horror way because I do feel like there are evil ghosts, but I feel like as many, like there's as many evil ghosts as there are evil humans, you know? You can't assume all of them are evil. I get that. I just think it kind of, it's less so much of like, do they have ill intent for me and versus me just being very disturbed that there might be something. I think that's kind of the scariest thing for me. Like, the the wondering of, is there somebody here with me and I don't know for sure that they're there. 
Right. I think that's kind of what freaks me out. Well, Robin, you aren't alone in being freaked out. The Chapman University in California has a yearly survey that I could only find up to 2018, so I don't know if it was kind of ruined by COVID, but they have a yearly survey asking about people's ghost beliefs. Mm -hmm. And in their 2018 survey, they found that 58% of people believe that places can be haunted by spirits. So 58% of people do believe that ghosts exist at the very least and can haunt things. And if you compare that to 2016's result of only 47% of people believing that, you can see that I know that's really small data size, but they were saying from their previous data as well that more and more and more people are believing in ghosts. Okay. Similarly... There is a, I forgot to put the source, but the source is in my notes. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the same university. That's why Chapman University also did a survey of people's worst fears. And in Uh 2020 and 2021, 9.3% of people listed ghosts as their worst fear. Right underneath being caught in an embarrassing moment on Zoom or video conference. (laughs) We got to have our priorities, people. Yes. And for comparison, just a year prior, only 8% of people listed it as their biggest fear. So it went from 8% to 9.3% in one year. And I do have to say, looking at the 2021, so that sounds like such a small rise, but if you look at the data compiled from 2019 to 2021, a lot more people were focused in 2021 about covid (laughs) um yeah and loved ones dying and losing their job versus 2019 when people were just afraid of terrorists and spiders Mm -hmm. so that is what a ghost is just letting you know (laughs) so but there are multiple types of ghosts and i do want to say obviously i'm a believer in ghosts However, if any good research project or argumentative project, I guess, pulls sources from naysayers, so people who go Mm. against your point. And I pulled a couple articles from this guy, so I'm not going to be too mean, but (laughs) (laughs) when I was reading his articles, it was pretty much like, only stupid heads would believe in ghosts. Anyway, here's the type of ghosts there are. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. But, I mean, his facts were really good, and I appreciated the time that he took to write it. So, but it was just like, okay, thanks for insulting me. I'm still going to take your facts. I'm just stupid reading your article. (laughs) Yeah. talking about it in my podcast of stupid headness. Yes. So, the first type of ghost I have is my personal favorite type of ghost, which is a poltergeist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So poltergeists mm -hmm. are noisy, usually mischievous ghosts, and they're held responsible for unexplained noises to the fact that poltergeist is a German word for, like, the noisy one or something like that. Mm -hmm. So poltergeists are the troublemakers of the ghost family. They're commonly known to interact with the world a little bit more violently than a typical ghost. So typically with poltergeists, it'll start small and work its way up. So it'll start with things like knocking on walls, moving things, flipping your furniture upside down, and it will go higher and higher and higher 
to things like, you know, setting your house on fire. Oh, casual, you know. Yeah, casual. This would be like the haunting of the Serenci family that we discussed in episode 49, Robin. Oh, yeah, that had major poltergeist vibes. 100%. Like, if poltergeists exist, that was a poltergeist situation. Yes. And the line between poltergeists and demons are a little bit blurry because poltergeists are believed to be mischievous to the point of danger. However, demons tend to start looking like poltergeists, but then they end up trying to kill you. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for that distinction. Yes, yes. So it's like, uh, are you making danger or are you actively trying to murder me? Ooh, ooh, can I make a D&D reference? Go ahead. It is... Okay, so poltergeist is chaotic neutral. Yes. Demon is chaotic, chaotic evil. evil. All right. Perfect, All right. Robin. I'm chaotic good in our D&D group. I am chaotic neutral. <laughs> that, all, that checks out. This is all checks out. <laughs> yes. So... There have been several previously thought poltergeist cases where it did turn out that it was actually an adolescent girl in the family doing things, and it's a hoax, essentially, and this is unfortunately called the Naughty Little Girl Theory, coined by psychical researcher Frank Podmore. I don't like that phrase. Me neither, but that's unfortunately what it's called. His argument is basically there's a adolescent girl and she's not getting the attention she wants and so she's throwing stones behind her family's back. While okay. I agree that this can be the case in certain situations, show me a little girl who knows how to, you know, materialize a pig, you know? Or was it dematerialize <laughs> a pig? Okay, so if I remember correctly, yeah, okay, okay, what happened was there were two instances. One said the pig i think appeared and then one said it dis and then disappeared and then one said what actually happened and i okay here's what happened guys in the haunting of serenity if you did not listen to that episode pig walked in everybody's like waiting for a ghost thing like hundreds of people traveled here to see a ghost thing pig walked into the room everybody's like where'd that pig come from we don't know pig left the room walked into another room everybody follows the pig then the pig disappears just it disappears yes and anyway yeah so the big the pig disappeared and I've heard personally... It did walk in. Yes, yes. I've personally heard a lot of stories where it's like, oh, and then in the end, the two teenagers admitted they were the ones doing it the whole time. I'm like, but how? How? It's not physically possible for them to have been doing it. Most likely what happened is that they admitted it so that the media would get off their backs so that they could live semi-peaceful lives. But anyway... There's, like, a great episode of real-life ghost stories you should listen to, and I can't remember which it is. I think it's about the Enfield haunting. I'll get it to you. I'll okay. get it to you. But it's, like, I, I, it's essentially, like, it ended up not being true, but the lengths that both the, like, the kids and then the people who would come into the house and investigate went to are, mm -hmm. like, astounding. Anyway, you should just check it out. I'll send you a thing once I find it. Okay. And everybody should check it out. Yes. We love them on this podcast. We do. So I like to flip the naughty little girl theory and I what I call the little witch theory. So the energy of becoming a teen 
but being a girl, so you have to be more polite, you have to, like, control yourself a little bit more, even though you're going through just the same number of raging hormones as your brother is, and if you happen to be touched with energy or magic or whatever you want to call it, that causes the energy to burst out of you, and it causes movement throughout the house. So it's not necessarily a ghost, it's a person, and that's why it's usually tied to someone, because my next bullet point is that poltergeist hauntings, it's usually tied to an individual who is affected the most, or an entire family, like the story of The Conjuring, which we can't cover on our main podcast because that happened in Massachusetts, I think? No. There's a whole bunch of New England stuff I just wish would have happened in the South, so we can cover it. (laughs) Uh, we can cover it on Patreon, though. Yes. And we can do something spookies about it. We can. But okay. we can't go into all the detail we want. But Yeah, that's true. It usually starts small and gets bigger, like I said. And it will usually stop when the most affected person or the entire family leaves the house. But if they come back, it can start again. Mm-hmm. And poltergeist hauntings either typically start really quickly and end just as quickly, but it can take days, months, weeks, years, centuries, whatever. It you centuries. can't <laughs> eons. You can't really tell how long it's going to take. Okay. There is one more phenomena that is attributed to poltergeist, but eh. so there's this downwind theory which is that when you had a chimney and back in the old days, it was kind of open, so if you were in a windy area, the wind would be able to come down your chimney and that would knock furniture around and flip paintings and stuff like that. But that Mm. wouldn't explain more modern poltergeist situations. Yeah. And then there's the underground water movement theory, which is, you know, how sinkholes form is that you'll, you'll be on a foundation and underneath the foundation, water will move and erode the soil and ground underneath your house and the earth will like shift and settle and if it's a big enough hole basically it'll eat your entire car house whatever have you so they're thinking that that underwater movement causes enough energy to move things in your house without you necessarily noticing but when they tested it out the objects only moved very slightly and the amount of energy it would have taken to move the objects as violently or as far as they moved, it would have destroyed the whole house. I feel like I would have guessed that. Yeah. 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 So that one's disproven as well. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So that is a poltergeist. The next one is my personal favorite. And I think it's your favorite too, Robin. These are residual hauntings. Okay. It's also known as the stone tape theory or place memory. So this is the spirit that is not aware that you exist so it's just a memory looping and playing in front of you these would be my favorite to encounter however they are not my favorite gotcha okay okay this all started with the place memory so it sounds a little bit ridiculous but you have to keep in mind that the person who originated this theory also came up with the idea of the first modern computer. Granted, he didn't create it, but he came up with the idea of it. So this is Charles Babbage in the 1800s. He was friends with Ada Lovelace. Really? Yeah. Who's I that again? Her. 
Okay, so Charles Babbage came up with the first idea for a computer. Ada Lovelace worked with him on a lot of mathematical principles, mm. I think. They did a lot of math together, guys. And then he, like, wrote a book about this or had a journal on it, and then she, like, did the notes for it. And so in the notes section, she wrote something, like, just again in the footnotes about like how you would program such a thing and she everybody looked at this like later now that we know what computer code is mm -hmm. and looked at it and they were like y'all she wrote the first computer code before there was ever a computer so she's credited as the first coder well the the people who thought this or at least charles babbage i didn't read anything about lovelace but that just kind of goes into things because women are never she's recognized in history what she's a woman yeah 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 She's also Lord Byron's daughter. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> History. History. So place memory created by or originated by Charles Babbage is the idea that the words you speak stay in the air. It's just they grow too faint for us to hear them. Now, we we know how sound works. Okay. So, yeah. so we know that's not the case. But his idea was basically, like, the words you say stay in the air and we can't hear them. But if you are a an attuned person, aka your favorite type of person, Robin, a medium or clairvoyant. Oh, my faves. Mm -hmm. My faves. Can't get them enough. You'd be able to hear these words years and years and years after they've been spoken. So... He said that this is how people became linked to places by either sentiment, time, or tragedy. So this kind of goes back into who becomes a ghost. So yeah. sentiment would be like, this is my little stitch sumsum. Let's say I love this little sumsum until the day I died. I was holding it the day I died. I loved it so much that my spirit mm -hmm. became attached to this thing. That's what sentiment is. And then time, if you live in the same building from the day you're born until the day you die, you're probably going to be etched into the memory of that place just because you stayed there for so long. And then tragedy, it would be something that's so violent that it permanently burns you to this area in the metaphorical sense. So a violent death or something like that. Okay. So, these are kind of like screen burnings. If my analogy doesn't make sense to you yet, hopefully it does. Do you remember when we were younger? If you... Actually, it happens to monitors today, too. But if you leave an image up on your monitor for too long, when you turn the monitor off or go to another image, that previous image is burned onto your screen, and so you can see the silhouette of the previous image. So yeah. that actually happened to Kari a little bit ago. So he had to start locking his computer when he left. And I saw one recent case of somebody whose TV had the Cartoon Network little logo burned into oh, wow. their... Because they were always watching Cartoon Network. So it's kind of like that, where if it's there for so long, it gets burned into place even when it's gone. Mm -hmm. So this then turned into the stone tape theory. This was started by Henry Price. Are you familiar with Henry Price? I don't think so. Henry Price is another person that if he was in... I would have loved it if he was in the South. He was essentially the Warrens before the Warrens were the Warrens without the controversy. Really? Yes. He was okay. friends with Sir 
Sir Conan Arthur Doyle. Arthur Conan Doyle. That one. And then he also was rivals with Harry Houdini. Wow. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to picture what a rivalry with Harry Houdini would look like. Well, you know, Harry Houdini was a naysayer and tried to constantly prove seances were false and lies. I did not know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Harry Houdini was a naysayer and constantly was trying to... He would go to seances that were shows, theaters that this time, and he would, like, expose the mediums in front of everyone and tarnish their names. I kind of love that. And it makes so much sense that he would want to do that because he's a magician. He knows... But, like, he's up there and you know he's doing tricks. And he knows... Like, every everybody knows that he's doing tricks. Mm-hmm. And so... But, like, these people... Sorry. Sorry to come in here with my medium hate, guys. But, like... <laughs> um, or at least people who make money off of grieving people for this. Yeah. Uh, so he's, like... Because they're up there saying that this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I'm pro Harry Houdini, but tell me about Harry Price. So whatever. He- Henry Price. Henry Price. He was probably more like me rather than a diehard believer like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So if if you had a line, it would be Sir Arthur Conan Doyle on one end, Harry Houdini on the other, and I would say Henry Price was in the middle, maybe a little bit more skewed to Doyle's side. Okay. So Henry Price is a very famous psychical researcher and he tried to prove he basically went in with an open mind believed in the uh, the other world but also didn't like people who were using grief for money yep but he believed based off of this this place memory he had an idea that there is a alternate realm that exist concurrently to our world where our memories are played in loops. So it's just our memories. It's like a backup file for your computer. So all the memories are there and they are all constantly playing. Hmm. And there is a veil between our world and that world. And you can, mediums can access the memories in that world on days or times where the veil is thin because of sentiment time or tragedy where the veil is thin you can see into the other world or in places like liminal spaces that i've talked about before like stairways places are in between where the veil is thin that's when you can see into the other world. So what we're seeing is a sneak peek into that other world. And so they look like spirits or apparitions to us. I find these things very, very interesting. Just the, the, the things people were kind of like trying to understand about like, obviously, where do we go when we die? But also like, where do our experiences go? Mm-hmm. Do they vanish? And then theorizing how they could possibly not vanish. Right. I love that. Yeah. And this became known as the Stone Tape Theory due to the movie in 1972 called The Stone Tape Theory. (laughs) (laughs) So they took Henry Price's theory and they tried to see memories recorded in the stones of a Victorian mansion. And Mm -hmm. I attempted to watch a part of this movie, but it was so violently 1970s that I couldn't stomach my way through it. So... (laughs) 
I can't. Can I, you leave that as like a review? Just say so violently 1970s. <laughs> like, I don't know how people were a fan of movies in the 70s. Anyway. <laughs> all right. All right. So we briefly discussed an example of a residual haunting in episode 42, the ghost of the fairy plantation. There was an old man who would come up the stairs, cross the room, do something at a wall and sit there for a minute and then go back across the room. And he would be seen at the same time on the same day every week. Mm -hmm. And when they were looking into the house, they realized where he was going used to be a fireplace. So that brings me into the blueprint theory, which is these residual spirits are following the original blueprint of their house. So if you're ho- you're living in your house right now, Robin, yes? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so if you became a residual ghost and then in 50 years after you died, they rearranged the top floor of your house they put up a wall where there's previously no wall uh-huh. and then you a residual ghost came to them in the middle of the night you would not be aware of your surroundings there would be no soul there it would just be a memory playing and so you would walk through where there is now a wall Mm-hmm. Because you're following the blueprint of the house that you lived in. So, are they, like, waking up every morning hearing me hit snooze a million times? Yes. In this situation? Okay, yeah. but I'm, I'm through a wall, so hopefully it's fainter. <laughs> yes. But, so that's the blueprint. I couldn't find anything under the blueprint, except for something that's not safe for work. But I do remember reading about this in, like, 2011 during one of my Tumblr deep dives. So, <laughs> so the next type of ghost is an intelligent spirit. Mm-hmm. So these are the type of ghosts that you will typically see in movies and shows and all that, where they are here, they are aware you are here, they are aware they are here, interacting with the world, you can ask them questions and they can answer ghosts. So these are intelligent spirits. Most recent- These are my favorites, BT dubs. Okay, okay, yeah. Most recently, I think the we spoke of Zoe from Pugin's Porch. Where she seems to be pretty intelligent, considering she stole the coffee from the <laughs> chef. Um, yes. That is, like, episode 40... No, like, 54 or something like that. It was very recent. Yeah. It's called Zoe's or, in the Mirror. Yes. Then it was maybe... Oh, it was your episode, so it was an odd number, so it was, like, 55, 57. I think they can figure it out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have much on this ghost information-wise, just because this is the ghost you're thinking of when you think of a ghost. Yeah. Whenever you watch a ghost hunting show and they're trying to talk to a ghost, the idea is that they're going to try to talk to an intelligent ghost, because if it communicates with you in any way, it is, in theory, an intelligent ghost. Yes. It knows you're here. It knows it's here. Mm -hmm. Now... I have heard cases where there is an intelligent ghost who does believe that they are alive and they do believe that it's still the date that they died. So just because it's an intelligent ghost doesn't mean that they are aware they're a ghost and it doesn't mean that they are aware that time has passed. Okay. All right. So the next one is shadow people. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm sorry. These guys freak me out. So, shadow people aren't demons, and they aren't ghosts, but they do feel generally spooky. So, go to episode 11 to hear Robin talk about the hat man, who is a shadow person. 
he is theorized to potentially be a shadow person, but there are some big differences between him and the general lore of shadow people. So it is a hot topic at the moment. Yes. Shadow people are exactly as they sound. They are human figures. Some t- often, very often, they are child size that are nothing but shadow. Some say they look 2D. Some th- say they look 3D. So they're like a three-dimensional shadow, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so these ghosts can walk through walls. They Wait, have... I'm sorry. How are they as three-dimensional shadow? I, I That does not make sense. Picture a solid black mass that's human-shaped. So I, I have seen what looks like a shadow person before. I was having sleep paralysis. It looked like my friend. But now that you say it, like, that would... I mean, it was, it, it, it was as 3D as a, like, literally just, like, a solidly black object could be. Like, imagine I just, like, completely dunked myself. Have you heard of the blackest black paint? Yes. Imagine I just completely dunked myself in the blackest black ink or paint. That's what a yeah. 3D shadow person would look like. Okay. I mean, it kind of just looked like a void. Yeah, my cat. Yes. Hopped up in the background. I mean, it, it just kind of looked like a void in the shape of this person I knew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But some people can, like, see it turn, and it looks like it takes up mass. Or takes okay. up the area. I don't know. <laughs> so you typically see them out of the corner of your eye, and they tend to bring a feeling of dread with them. Mediums, Some mediums say that they were never human to begin with, while others say that they are tainted humans. I don't know the exact story. I would have to go back and look and listen again. But And that's why We Drink covered one episode of A Plantation where the slave owner of the property, he died and he came back as a spirit person according to the people who were... I'm sorry, a shadow person according to the people that were there. Interesting. So they believe he's like a tainted soul. Mm. So another famous shadow person beyond the hat man is the hooded figure. And I'm like, maybe this is just the hat man's teenage son, but (laughs) (laughs) the hooded figure looks like a shadow person with a hoodie on with a hood covering their face. Uh Uh-huh. And one more fact about the shadow people. Some shadow figures are animals, especially cats. Oh, really? Yep. So you just see shadow cats going around? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Is that why black cats get such a bad rap? Maybe. Yeah, it could be. I think a lot of that has to do with more history stuff about the original Christians not liking cats and thinking that they were devil animals. Oh, okay. Yeah. But maybe. So the last type of ghost, which I would argue probably isn't really a ghost, but they are often mistaken for ghosts is demonic activity. So these spirits were never human, but they take on human form, and they usually aren't the nicest spirits to have as guests. So they are pure energy entities, and they often show themselves as one of the following. Angelic or beautiful beings that will trick you into thinking that they're good, so you'll listen to them and do as they say, and they'll get more and more power on over you. Or they're horrific and evil things looking to scare you. So think the horned, red-eyed, deceased skin, 
goat hoof creature. Um, and then, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Annabelle, that thing in the basement that follows her into the elevator. <gasps> Forgot about that thing. Yeah. So abruptly different from everything else in the movie. Yeah. so creepy. Yes, it was very... I, I remember you covered your eyes very well during that scene. I mean, I covered my eyes the whole thing. I covered my <laughs> eyes, covered my ears. You kind of had to shout in my ear at some points. <laughs> And then the last one is a black mist, fog, shadow, or smoke. And this is different from shadow people in the sense that it's, it's not in the shape of a human. It's just gliding at you ominously. So some signs that you might be dealing with a demon rather than a ghost is the smell of sulfuric acid, like rotten eggs or rotting mm. flesh, the sound of growling. And this is where it's we toe the line between poltergeist and demons again, because poltergeist will put you in danger, but they won't generally outright attack you. The demons will. They will physically attack you, stab you, slap you, push you around. And often people find scratch marks on them, typically on their back, and often in threes. And it's said that three is a holy number, and it's making fun of that holy number. And Robin, when you covered, I believe, Lavinia Fisher and the Charleston. Yeah. You spoke the, about the person with the three claw marks down their back. Well, so I, I saw a video of a person who works at the jail via like a tour guide type thing saying that like a lot of times people going in there, especially young males, he said, that they would like feel like the claws like of like three fingers going down their back like just angrily you mm -hmm. know also real quick i want to say because the idea of the black shadow that you mentioned it like entered into my brain and i was like where have i had this mental image before and then i realized the haunting of poplar hill um sorry your door just opened oh yeah. hey tara oh my, oh, my god <laughs> <laughs> Robin, I, I fully expected to see one of your parents there, and then it wasn't. <laughs> and then I saw that Remy was already in the back corner, and I guess I just forgot that Tara existed. Oh, my God. Okay, everybody, Tara walked in. Um, oh, my God. She, I, I've been out of town, so she was looking at me like, hey, you're back. <laughs> I forgot to say hi before I started recording. Zoe, so freaky, because I... I saw, you know, your face go really freaked out, and then I looked at my screen, and then I saw that my door was open wider, and it was just black behind it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Hi, Tara. Lovely to see you. Um, right when we were talking about demons, too. And, you know, black voids. Masses, yeah. So, anyway, you mentioned a black shadow, and I was thinking, where has this... I, I see it in my head, because I'm, I'm a visual person, and then I was just thinking, well, where have I had this image enter my head before and I, I scanned through and I realized it came up in the haunting of Poplar Hill right um which by the way had a buttload of residual ghosts if y'all ever want to look at them and you know the, the the husband dad of the family he was outside collecting firewood one night when he like looked behind him and realized there was this like basic something similar to like kind of like just an oval of shadow mm -hmm. that was going either clockwise or counterclockwise around the house and that had been like hovering behind him yeah no, while he was you. bent over getting the wood yeah no thank you 
Anyway, yeah, I, so I just wanted to, like, let, let you know that, like, we, we've we've seen that in an episode before. <laughs> yes. Which it kind of, like, brings back to my point of, like, we really do need this episode so we can have something that, like, we can be like, oh, based on what we learned. Yeah, because, like, we've, we've gone through some of these before. And we're going to see more in the future. We're going to see more in the future. And, like, I think we've, we've even had things where we're like, okay, now this is a poltergeist versus this is an intelligent creature. But, like, it wasn't quite as, like, detailed as this. Mm-hmm. And so we just need a repository, people. Yes. So one more thing about the demons is that their main goal... So while I would argue that poltergeist's goals are to just bother the heck out of you, residual ghosts don't have a goal. And intelligent ghosts typically won't have a goal maybe it's to pass on but i mean maybe it's to get revenge you know that's a very individualized shadow people are just a mystery but Mm -hmm. demonic activity ghosts or demons their goal is to break you down physically and mentally so that they can possess you so that they can use your body to harm others okay well, that, at least they're specific. Yes. And that's because demons hate humans. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But, Robin, mm-hmm. we've had a great conversation so far. We have. And I don't know why I wasn't expecting it. I was thinking, oh, I'll just go bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Robin will be bored out of her mind. <laughs> and it'll be a great episode. Well, we've had such a great conversation that we are already at... About an hour and 10 minutes. Let's take away 10 minutes from when we were just chit-chatting. So we're, mm. we're about an, at an hour. So right. I, I vote to bring this to a part two to listen to next week. So this will be episode 60A. Because Zoe does not do odd numbers, I y'all. do not do odd numbers. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Zoe, thank you for giving us all of this knowledge on what ghosts are and what ghosts are not and i look forward to next week when what what are we what are we learning next week so we know what to tune back in for well uh next week we're going to be looking at sorry i dropped a pen um looking at (laughs) signs you're being haunted we're going to look at some common ghost hunting tools and do they or do they not work we're going to be looking at what to do if you think you're being haunted and move oh well yeah and then we're also going to be looking into well if ghosts aren't real why do we see ghosts in a lot of cultures some so some theories some scientific theories on to why we have ghosts i cannot wait yes so tune in next time everyone all right Well, everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, subscribe, review, and tell a friendo, and join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hauntedhospitality. For just $3 a month, you get a brand new episode of us. Yes. Every month. Yes. And it comes out on the 13th because we're spooky. And if you want to go see my sources for this episode and honestly next episode, because I'm just going to put them all in one, um, you can head over to Haunted Hospitality WordPress hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com Also, if you have your own spooky stories or your own theories behind ghosts, you can write to us at hauntedhospitalitypodcast at gmail.com or you can slide into our DMs. 
Yeah, and you can find us on Twitter at Haunted House. You can also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Haunted Hospitality. We hope to see you there. Stay spooky!